Welcome to the Staves & Co. Podcast. We're here again talking to, to you about relevant bourbon topics. Man, I just like I got overwhelmed there for a moment. Sorry. Talking about bourbon topics all in the whiskey space. So, so many different things. And there's so much to be talking about these like recent months, weeks. Yeah. I mean, Russell's is doing great things. Old Forester just released for the first time on ever. A new website product. stuff. Yeah, website stuff where and can, a new product. And a new product. Uh, Weller released a new product. Uh, the expansions at so many different places. Yes. Penelope got acquired. Like, there's a lot of different things not, to talk about. Not only did they get acquired, they dropped maybe two of the biggest hype bottles. So Rio dropped. Yep. And immediately went to secondary, I saw, for almost $500. Yeah, crazy. And then yesterday they announced... A 15-year American light. I saw that, yeah. So there's a lot. Needless to say, there is a lot in bourbon news, and that's that's great. And that's what we want to come to talk about in the future. But that's yeah. not what we're talking about today. I've got our topic. Okay. And I have a question for you that we're going to discuss on, and I want to get your thoughts and insight. Today's topic on Staves & Co. podcast is, why do we like things in boxes? <sighs> That's that's the topic for today, and I've got here. If you're not you're not watching the video, I've got Booker's, I've got Blanton's, and I've got a Taylor tube yes. here. Why do we like as consumers? And this can go beyond bourbon if you need, right, need, right, need to right. expand. But I want to start the basis on this conversation. Blanton's, mm. it's sitting here with us. Blanton's comes. I mean, in, on on the retail shelves, it can come in so many different yes. ways. There's because there's if you if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm what I'm going to say here. It comes in a little mesh, plasticky mm -hmm. wrap. Yep. It comes in a bag, comes a leathery a bag. vinyl bag. Yep. And then it comes in a box, and then that box comes in the shipping box with all the other ones right. inside of it. So, so many layers of shipping but then also the customer experience of not having consistent experience on the delivery side customers can get any variety from just the bottle to any of that variety of the other items that i just listed off yep. so a why do they do it and b why do we attribute value to really nothing that adds to our drinking and enjoyment of the beverage i think it's all about you know, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, whatever. The marketing and the fact that it's available and we want it. Like, if it's an option, right? It's like going going to buy a new car. Mm -hmm. If it's got the option, I want it. I want it fully sure. loaded. I understand that. Um, but I'm asking, like, the hype is there around this bottle right. for Blanton's, however it comes. Correct. But... It comes in such a variety of ways. How does that add to our experience? Because they're not marketing it like as pushing it. They're marketing it in a sense of that's there, but it's like, which one am I going to get? When I say, hey, do you have any Blantons? You have no idea what the person's mm -hmm. going to walk out with if they go out, out to the back. So answer me that on, like, how does, how does that attribute adding value to the purchasing experience? You know, I just think it's something that, being that it is an option and that we do want that specific product we want that and it it just kind of increases the hype of it like oh not only is it blanton's it comes in this bag this velvet bag or this leather bag and then it comes in the box 
But then you notice that if you get the weird plastic mesh, you don't get the bag or the box. But then sometimes in the box, you don't get the bag. But then sometimes you get the bag I know. and not the box. Or they all come together. I don't understand what Buffalo Trace is doing, but whatever they're doing, I personally think stores are just taking the bag in the box and they're putting it in the bag. To what end, though? Why? <laughs> what are they doing with it? Who knows? It? I'm just shooting from the hip here. I'm, but... I, I get you. I get you. But I, I think of it as me as the consumer. I've had several Blanton's boxes sitting mm-hmm. around, and all mm-hmm. it does is I ask myself, why am I keeping this? You know, I threw away my Blanton straight from the barrel. No, I kept the straight from the barrel box. I threw away my gold boxes, and I threw away the other boxes because you know what? I don't have the shelf space for them, <laughs> but I wanted them in the beginning. Sure. That's okay. So let's let's try and evolve evolve ourselves a little bit here. Blanton's was obviously the big the big starting yeah. point for me because that was the one that I found the most variety in. But we've got Booker's here, which comes in mm-hmm. a beautiful, gorgeous box, wood box with the plexi cover inlay, mm-hmm. and then we've got the Taylor tube. Tubes are like I feel like a whole nother story oh, because yeah. like you've seen Eagle Rare in tubes. I've seen old Carter tubes. I've seen oh gosh like. So many different. I'm trying to trying to think. I through. mean, Scotch has tubes like crazy. Yeah, true. Um, we we hit, we tried doing a Scotch podcast, oh and God. it just it didn't feel unnatural, but it just felt ugh, felt little, dirty. Little, I needed a shower. Weird. Yeah, but yeah. So sticking in that, we've got the Booker's and the Taylor tubes here. So again, adding attributing value. I think the Booker's definitely does that. Oh yeah. As far as attributing value, because yes, it's a beautiful container, but there's also containing information inside so like they've got the card yeah. that tells you about the batch and the specifics so it is holding containing more information which is cool they def- definitely want to take up your shelf space in the capacity of like this is a staple piece yeah and it adds more if you take it out of the box you put it up on the on your shelf and you've got literally for me like my eye looks off in the distance and all i see is that the, the batch stripes are kind mm-hmm. of the indicators that's oh that's a Booker's product. So when it's outside of the box, there's definitely an exchange of value of impression. Yeah. There's no real value change on the product itself, but what it tailor tube, like it's it's a tube. It's a it's piece true. of cardboard. You know, I saw a video actually the other day and Buffalo Trace, or it was actually one of the higher ups at Sazerac, they said if you purchase an EH tailor and it does not have a tube. There is a great chance that is that that is an actual fake EH Taylor. There's a market for fake. There <laughs> like, is there is a market for mm, fake. So if you if you've if you've been out there and you've purchased an EH Taylor and it doesn't have a tube from a store, you may want to check to see if that's actually really. That's you may want to see if there's a serial number because yeah. I could see something in that capacity happening in the secondary market. Right. Or you go to go to a buddy and oh I've got the I've got the bottle but there's some weird story oh the tube got damaged mm-hmm. so I just threw it away or some weirdness like that could be a refill or a you know a swap out or a yeah. reprint or something. Yes, there could be some weird exchange going on there, but my mind just can't comprehend the amount of, amount of logistics involved in trying to fake something to make. A hundred dollars. That's I mean that's a lot of logistics to go through and then try to. You can check uh, Craigslist and some of the other sites in eBay. I mean they're selling empty bottles of the BTAC collection for upwards of three hundred dollars. Wow, <laughs> that is that much <laughs> that's of a market. Crazy, but but again that could be for any sort. That could be like an artisan trying to use something for different things. 
But if someone wants to spend three hundred dollars to buy, like I've got a EagleWare seventeen empty there. If I sold that for a hundred dollars, just the empty, mm -hmm. someone's worth going to buy something that's close in the proximity of color for a twenty dollar bottle and like a like a just a dump, dump it in there, get the close color. You're going to reseal it, it somehow? It. There is a market for fakes like crazy. Wow. I mean, I, I guess that's just not a world that I'm, I, I have no use for, so I'm not knowledgeable and connected. Right. I'll admit that, that I, I don't have any. But I, I, was, I was aware that that exists, but my mind just can't comprehend the amount of logistics involved to A, acquire enough materials to then fill it, the amount of time that it's involved for you to then, if you say Eagle Rare 17, that's that's easily a thousand dollar bottle. Easily. Uh, so if you can acquire the materials, how much times like three hundred dollars to buy the thing and then fill it up, and the amount of time and how much are you gonna do to acquire sleeves that look enough to then you know hair dry them and to, to shrink wrap them? I have no idea, but like that just sounds painful level of logistics. And to and get, we think that that the logistics are painful on that, but. If that's just what you do, <laughs> I guess, you know, I guess, I mean, the, the amount of opportunity as a, as a consumer on my side to think through what's my process to mm -hmm. just get the bottle that I want. Sure. It's either go to an expensive store that's overpricing them or build a relationship or a friend exchange or out of state kind of like, right. Oh, you, you found it. Cool. I'd, I'd love to trade you for it or something, but that, that doesn't feel as different or as connected to a secondary, full secondary market. And so, so. it's, I've seen it, uh, the video was talking about, I believe it was like unicorn auctions. And mm -hmm. there were so many fake bottles sold on unicorn auctions. Um, and then it was, there was actually, uh, I want to say it was a E.H. Taylor four grain that was purchased at um, a very, very high end bourbon store. I want to say, was it in Louisville downtown? I can't remember. Um, but the video is floating around on TikTok and okay. uh, it was floating around on, on other social media platforms where the the store knew it was a fake, sold it at a secondary price wow. to um, to the news reporter. And they took it to, to Buffalo Trace, had it tested, popped it. It wasn't four grain. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the laser etching didn't match. Wow. And there was no tube. And when they brought it back to the store, the store declined to comment, shut the door in the, in the reporter's face, this whole thing. Yeah. And to think that one stores, know, bars, know, and they're pawning these bottles off and pouring them because of the hype mm -hmm. and they're selling, you know, I mean, you think what you're looking at a four grain pour. If you're not in some of the some of the tasting bars at some of these liquor stores in yeah. Louisville, you're talking about maybe 80, 90, a hundred dollars a pour, man. And yeah. you might be actually just getting some Taylor small batch. It's a sad thing to think about when I, if, if you let it get to you too deeply in the terms of like, think about that unicorn pour that you just really want to taste yeah. and to know that you're potentially not, my mind doesn't want to accept how deep of a potential problem that could be in hopes that restaurants are getting their product through dis, you know, distributors that are reputable uh, to think through what is possible. Yeah. You know, that's, that's just, that, that blows my mind at the, like, really you'd go that much out of your way to save X number of dollars to, knowing, it's a head scratcher for me. Knowing too that these high-end one restaurants or high-end bars and, 
uh, high end stores, they're able to get the product at MSRP. Sure. Yeah. That they have to buy it. Mm-hmm. Being in the industry, they can only buy it for that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these places are saying, you know, that are saying, hey, well, I didn't even pay that much for it. Mm-hmm. Well, then you bought it on secondary market, which is maybe also illegal in your state. Yeah. But, um, you know, can you imagine going to a, a high end restaurant and saying that you want some uh, Van Winkle Lot B? And they pour you Weller 12. I'd be really pissed at that. But... <laughs> Please give me a large could, Mountain Dew. I also think that, yeah, I also think that I could maybe pick that specific uh, example out. I, God, I would hope that my palate would. But man, not fail imagine me on two, that, three but... drinks in, you're like. <sighs> yeah, I have a feeling that I probably would have started with that, though. Yeah. I don't know that I would have like let my palate go blown and then, then not do that, but whatever. That's That's kind of an extended topic, but. To kind of wrap up our idea around here of why do things come in packages in boxes of the sale itself, I don't think that there's the intent of adding value to the secondary like hype mm-hmm. of it, but I definitely think they want it to blow off the shelf as fast as oh, possible. Yeah. That's mean, that's like their main goal there. You know, marketing, advertisement, presentation. Um, I was actually hanging out with a buddy who's a store manager with Publix, and he said. If it looks to the eye, if it looks good to the eye, it looks good to the stomach. Sure. And when he said that, like that's literally one of Publix's mottos. Yeah. If it looks visually appealing, then people are going to buy it because sure. then they think it automatically tastes better. Yeah. There was a, a last point on our topic on this very similar thing that just hit my mind. It took so many years for the revolution change in cereal that there was only like Malto meal making off name brand like cereal in bags and only recently in the past maybe five years five to eight years that main brands like you can actually find real um captain crunch you can find real like pebbles and all these like brand cereals in large bags for the same price as a smaller bag inside of a box box. why did we need that box why did we cling on to that and I, i I know for me as a kid, it visually, like, yep. boom, it sells it, whatever. So I get that. But, you know, with the economy the way it is and all the kind of, like, environmental needs and all that kind of stuff, why have such a grasp to really hold on to that need for a package within a package? And I don't—I don't, I think we're, we're, we're evolved enough as a society to identify that we don't have to have that right. in every situation. So I hope that continues as a trend. Marketing efforts to continue, you know, some of these brands, they don't need to be any harder to find. Correct. They don't need to be that. And I'm grateful that the certain brands are blowing up in their sales and they're planning to expand. And I hope that shift changes to where it's back to much more easy to acquire. I don't need it to sit on the shelf. I don't wish that for them, but I do wish for the average consumer to be able to get whatever it is that they want. Obviously, that won't apply to absolutely everything, but certain things that should be, like Blanton's as an example, for the quality of the drink that it is, should not have to be such a difficult struggle to acquire it. I agree, 100%. So, 
Leave us a note in the comments. Send us a message. You know how to get a hold of mm -hmm. us. You're savvy. I get it. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Staves & Co. podcast talking about marketing and packaging within products. So we'll catch you next time. Take it easy, everybody. Mm -hmm.